0: What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, your host on Locked on Dolphins today on the show, Tuesday, March 29th, 2022, the NFL owners' meetings, which means you've got the entire league congregated together. A chance to hear from Coach McDaniel. A chance to hear from General Manager Chris Greer. Some reactions to some things that were said on Monday. Let's get into it. Locked on Dolphins, Kyle Krabs, you, me, now.
1: You are locked on Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, your host here on Locked on Dolphins, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, the director of scouting at thedraftnetwork.com, and your host here reacting to interesting sound bites from the NFL owners' meetings, from both the Dolphins' head coach and the Dolphins' general manager. And, and, (laughs) you know, call me crazy, but... I reflect on the things that were shared throughout the course of the day yesterday, and I'd venture to say it was more off season tidbits on the direction of the franchise. than this team had gotten in the last three years combined. It's not a bad place to be and neither is locked on dolphins. I want to thank you guys for making locked on dolphins, your first Miami dolphins. Listen of the day. Uh, if you're on the YouTube channel, make sure you like the video hit subscribe on the channel. That way you get notifications when there's new content for you to consume. But for me, um, we got quotes from coach McDaniel, Chris Greer and other coaches and execs across the league. As it pertains to the dolphins life is good. And I know that the question's been going around. What the hell is Kyle going to do this off season with uh, no first or second round picks to do his April content on? I have a lot of great content that I'm really looking forward to getting into, but in the here and now the owners meetings has to take a front seat because we heard from coach McDaniel on a couple of different fronts. He put the kibosh on the, uh, Tom Brady, Miami dolphins rumors. I know uh, Armando Salguero has reported it. I know Mike Florio has reported it. And look, if the dolphins were in a position at the start of this off season, where they were exploring all their op- options, and the name came up. Maybe that's where all this is rooted in. Uh, but what matters here and now is it's pretty clear and obvious that the Dolphins have made the commitment to invest this offseason into Tuatanga Valoa. surround them with weapons, upgrade the offensive line, improve the running game, See what that RPO-style offense can look like with a running game. And that's what we're seeing uh, from this Dolphins team. They've accomplished all those things already, and uh, they might not be done yet. But at the very least, they have done well to address their most pressing and primary concerns, so much so that um, I feel really good about the skill group with Tyreek Hill suddenly a piece of the puzzle. Uh, Coach McDaniel referring to the Tom Brady rumors as, quote, fake news. (laughs) Um, And I'm not in a position to to speculate or doubt otherwise, but it's nice to see the Dolphins coming out directly and not saying, well, we're going to explore all avenues for improving the team and all the specifics of that we're going to leave to us. Because that's what we got for a really long time. And instead it was, no, okay, we can move on now. Uh, Just like we can move on from the Teddy Bridgewater signed to compete in Miami storyline as well. Coach McDaniel, uh, as a part of his interaction with the press, indicated uh, something along the lines of, unbeknownst to all of you, as I was describing what I was looking for in a backup quarterback, I was talking about Teddy Bridgewater. I just didn't use his name and made it very clear that the expectations for both Tua Tonga-Valoa and Teddy Bridgewater have been communicated. Tua is your starter. Teddy is signed to be the backup, point blank period. And um, I think Teddy Bridgewater's handling of that Questioning was more so a courtesy of player-coach conversations are typically out of bounds. Uh, They're not typically discussed in an open space to the degree and intimacy that was being asked. So, we have our answers there. Great. We can move on from a couple of these storylines. What we can't necessarily move on from, however, is some of the... Other snippets and tidbits that we got throughout the course of the day. Prairie League source, this according to Barry Jackson, and shout out to all the guys on the beat uh, who are in-house down there for owners meetings. I am not. I'm relying on them very heavily this week. They did a phenomenal job yesterday. Make sure you give your love uh, to the guys on the beat. Dolphins were interested in former University of Miami and New York Jets receiver Braxton Berrios early in free agency and talked about financial terms before Berrios signed a two-year, $12 million deal to return to the Jets. That would have resolved the return man question that the Dolphins have seemingly been fighting with and and grasping with and struggling with, but it seems as though uh, the guy that they did bring in, and I'm not talking about Cedric Wilson— But Tyreek Hill uh, is interested in contributing to that quandary. Uh, It was communicated to the Dolphins that he would like to contribute a couple of return opportunities uh, per game. Do I love that? No. Do I love having Waddle back there? No. Do I love having Javon Holland back there? No. In a perfect world, your best players can focus on their offensive and defensive roles. But Tyreek Hill showed he's very successful in the return game. Jalen Waddle at the college level showcased he's very successful in the return game. They'll have options. uh, And maybe they're going to mix and match him and and try to do different things as far as different returners with different styles. I don't know. And I'm not going to try to guess either. But that's a storyline. Uh, that I'll be interested to watch, but it was one that nearly went a different direction uh, had the Dolphins agreed to terms with Barrios, who was a player that I had tabbed as somebody who might have made sense for Miami. Uh, consider this the official happy trails to one Jesse Davis. I believe he signed with Minnesota as of yesterday afternoon. So uh, he is now a Minnesota Viking wishing him the absolute best and wishing for Vikings fans that he stays in that utility offensive line role and is not asked to do too much because that's where the trouble comes. Thought this was pretty cool. Uh, The quote that was made from Los Angeles Rams head coach, Sean McVay Uh, again, Barry Jackson, feeding a couple critical snippets here uh, on the first segment of today's show. When asked about the skill players of Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, Chase Edmonds, and Raheem Mostert by Barry Jackson, McVay, it's going to be scary. Mike and I go way back to working together in Washington. He's obviously been around one of the best in Kyle Shanahan for a handful of years. He's going to do a great job of putting players in position to succeed. They're going to be explosive. It's going to be a lot of fireworks. They're going to be fun to watch. Yes, please. Fun to watch offensive football in South Florida. It's not a thing we're particularly accustomed to. So all the opportunities that we have to get our hands on some of that, please and thank you. Perhaps you'd like to get your hands on some sweet, sweet betting action. This weekend. After months of playing, college basketball has determined the top teams for the final four and will t- determine this year's national champion this upcoming week. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info from all the latest odds, contests, player props you name it. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your latest sports developments, including podcasts and reviews for all the leagues this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information needs, including live betting in your favorite Vegas casino games, head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action bet online, where the game starts.
1: They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Interestingly enough, Mike McDaniel was not the only Dolphins personality to speak to the media yesterday the enigmatic Chris Greer was made available. And boy, when I tell you guys that we got more from this regime here and now than what we got in the last three years, this is the kind of stuff that I'm talking about because the the transparency of Chris Greer is something I could not possibly wrap my mind around one year ago, that we got. They were asked about Tyron Matthew. They were asked about Michael Dieter. They were asked about who's going to handle the return game. They asked about the long-term view and forecast of Mike Gusecki. They were asked about the contract situation and negotiations for Xavier Howard. We were asked about Devontae Parker's status on the roster. All of these things. And they addressed them all. Pretty pointedly. And that's what I'd like to spend the time here discussing, starting with the Michael Dieter discussion. Because I think this one is interesting. Um, Apparently, a couple of teams have reached out to the Dolphins in regards to Michael Dieter, offering draft picks to trade for Michael Dieter. This economy, JC Treader still available. Teams interested in trading for Michael Dieter at the center position. This is a player who is entering into the fourth and final year of his rookie contract. He was a third round draft selection for the team in 2019. Two year starter. I thought he was pretty solid this year in the games that he played. Was he spectacular? No. Was he a Pro Bowl player? No. But you could, do a, you could tell me I could have Daniel Kilgore, Ted Karras, or Michael Dieter as my starting center, and I'm taking Michael Dieter every day of the week and twice on Sundays. He's the best player that you've had at the center position in the last five years. Do the math. Make sure I'm not forgetting anybody that was in that range. I'll stick with it. Yeah. And... Him having a market is an interesting development, but it doesn't sound like the Dolphins are willing to play ball. They alluded to adding more competition to that room, and that's probably going to come based on the tone of the conversation with a draft selection probably on day three. Right? They have one day two selection currently, as things currently stand, at like 102, 103. But everything else is on... Day three, and bringing somebody else in to compete. There's going to be some good players. Uh, is Cole Strange from Tennessee Chattanooga available? Would have my interest. Just watched his tape. Pretty solid. Went down to the senior bowl, showcased himself pretty well. A little concerned about his anchor and functional strength, but that's uh, these wide zone systems have guys that are a little bit lighter in the pants as far as their ability to anchor. So that's a potential fit. Obviously, Alec Lindstrom um, from Boston College and the connection there with BC and the O line coach is one to be mindful of. But on Michael Dieter, we have a very small sample size, and I like the fact I like this for two reasons. And I've been uh, pretty vocal about advocating for not replacing Michael Dieter. Um, Thought he showed reasonably well, but it would be irresponsible to put all your eggs into that basket is the other argument that I've made Uh, because he did get hurt last year and the sample size is small. So taking a small sample size and assuming you're set and not giving yourself contingencies and competition and, and breeding players improvements, that's a recipe for disaster. So I like that they're not willing to get desperate at center, but they're willing to uh, presumably bring in another young player to compete and let the chips fall where they may. Because your threshold and your, your baseline of Michael Dieter as a starting center, he's an average center at worst, and he only started one year at center. So who's to say what other improvements he may or may not make? So I think that one was particularly interesting. Uh, Chris Greer put the kibosh on the Tyron Matthew uh, rumors, or at least at this point in time, uh, said he's a very good player, but the Dolphins are not currently pursuing him um, or are not pursuing him. Uh, and it makes sense. They have not made any move with Eric Rowe. I still think Eric Rowe can be a value valuable contributor to this football team. Uh, Brandon Jones, hopefully you see some growth in coverage from him and then Javon Holland and the versatility that he brings. He got three really good ones. And then Clayton Fezlum, they reworked his contract to manufacture a little bit of extra cap space. He's in a contract year this year. He's a primary special teams guy. He's your fourth safety. Uh, If they're intent on keeping him, then yeah, I mean, the numbers game is unless you're getting rid of Eric Rowe. uh, But getting rid of Eric Rowe to bring in Tyron Matthew is probably tripling the salary commitment to that position. I don't know that they're going to do that. So uh, it doesn't sound like they're going to do that. Uh, Chris Greer offering, uh, they're not pursuing him, uh, despite him being a very good player. The Devontae Parker conversation is a good one. It's an interesting one. Uh, According to Chris Greer, the expectation currently is that Devontae Parker will be a member of the Miami Dolphins in 2022. But everybody has a price. And that includes the Dolphins for Devontae Parker. Chris Greer confirms, as reported by Barry Jackson of the Herald and others, uh, that the Dolphins have indeed gotten some trade inquiries as it pertains to Devontae Parker. What are you offering? Because this would be a maneuver I'd be at the very least interested in making. Because you got to do the math game, right? This this is a, a big math proposition currently, as things currently stand. You're probably gonna see that they signed Alec Engel to play fullback. They're probably gonna run a reasonable amount of twenty-one personnel, which is two players in the backfield and one tight end on the field. Okay. So you're gonna have Edmonds or Mostert. In the backfield, if not another running back added to the stable, which I would advocate for, Damian Pierce, University of Florida. And then on top of that, you have a fullback. Then you're going to have a tight end, presumably a blocking tight end, um, because you're going to want that six man surface on the front. That leaves two skill players. You've got Tyree Kill. You've got Jalen Waddle. You've got Cedric Wilson. You have Mike Gusecki. You have Devontae Parker. Only two of those guys are going to get on in 21 personnel. Well, Kyle, what if they go 22 personnel and Mike Gusecki's on the field? Great. Now you got one spot for Ty Hill, Hill, Jalen Waddle, Cedric Wilson, Devontae Parker. You got one spot. I cannot imagine this team is going to go an exorbitant amount of 11 personnel. But even if they did, somebody's going to be a depth guy out of Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, Devontae Parker, and Cedric Wilson. And now Mike Kisecki's not on the field. Or if he is on the field, you're effectively in glorified 10 personnel and you're not going to run the ball out of 10. You're not. So, As I'm sitting here doing the math, I am inclined to believe that the Dolphins will eventually transition on this one, you know, in a perfect world. Yes. I mean, if you have the spending power, having that kind of depth in the wide receiver room for a wide receiver group who has not been able to stay healthy for the last two seasons and has really seen the depth of that group tested. I didn't even mention Preston Williams who they brought back. Or Albert or um, Limbo and Junior, right? So I mean, your personnel groupings obviously you're going to have different objectives for different weeks, week over week over week, and you'll see different mixing and matching of players for any given week. But the Devontae Parker market existing already this far out from the draft and the Dolphins having the scarcity that they now have on picks because of the Tyreek Hill trade. I think they'll come down and I think they will move him. The question is what are they going to get offered for him? We'll see. Rockauto.com is a family business. Who's been providing auto parts, customers with high quality service online for the last 20 years. So whether you're shopping for engine control modules, brake parts, taillights, motor oil, or even new carpet for your classic or daily driver, RockAuto.com has everything you need in one easy-to-navigate catalog, and in just a few clicks, you can get everything delivered directly to your front door. Best of all, prices are the same at RockAuto.com for both professionals and do-it-yourselfers, so why would you shop anywhere else and spend up to twice as much for the same parts? So visit RockAuto.com for all your auto parts needs today, and write Locked On" in there. How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need,
1: They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. If I had to guess...
0: You'd probably get a five. If you get a four, do it in a heartbeat. And I understand... This was the whole thing last off or last season, right? Devante's hurt, and then he comes back, the game that he has when he first comes back from the injury, and half a dolphins Twitter said, Oh, I can't believe everybody said to trade Devontae Parker. Look how good he is. And then like he magically disappeared again. So physical talent's never been the problem, but the best ability in the NFL is availability. And that ship for Devontae Parker has sailed. And I like Devontae Parker as a player. Um, And I I don't have any reason to dislike Devontae Parker as a person or a presence in the locker room or a human being either. But from just a business perspective of the game of football... The influx in talent that exists at this position, the financial obligations that are required, the scarcity of draft selections that you now have, his market and availability, and him being a depreciating asset for an NFL team looking to build and put the final touches on an aggressive offseason, all of this adds up to kind of this perfect storm where it's like, are you really going to bring him back? so that he can play in a reduced role because you got so much speed on the outside now? Are you really? Really? If you get a four, I I would take it in a heartbeat, Chris. So hold on tight. Because here's what you have working for you in this regard. The wide receiver market is nuts. Absolutely nuts. We've seen the trade packages, Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams have gone for. You've seen the contracts that they have commanded. You see Christian Kirk and free agency get up to eighteen million to $21 million per season based on incentives. Devontae Parker in new cash this year I think is like six $7 million. And if you can get him healthy and you can get him motivated, that's a steal relative to his talent level versus the cost. And if you're telling me I can get that with a four, if I'm a team that needs it, I'm certainly knocking. And I know the Philadelphia Eagles, their last memory of Devontae Parker was putting Jalen Mills on a poster, like the one that would hang up in your bedroom and you would look at every night before you go to bed and admire the physical marvel of just totally demolishing another human being. And that's what Devontae did to the Eagles. They're an interesting team as far as the and these two teams have done business before quite frequently something to watch that would be my team if i was kind of surveying the landscape to try to find a place that would make some sense i'd probably point to philadelphia and that'd be the first team i would guess would be involved we have two contract situations to put a bow on here not put a bow on until the team does Xavier uh, Howard. Uh, Chris Greer said, quote, hoping for something sooner rather than later. They are in continuing discussions with agent David Cantor. Now, I don't know what the financials are going to look like. I'll be really fascinated to find out. Obviously, they need to make him the highest paid uh, corner and probably defender on the roster. Uh, it shouldn't be too hard to beat Emmanuel Ogba's deal, although with the signing bonus that he got with his new deal, uh, perhaps that would be a technicality that might make this a little more, bit more difficult. But X has like three years left on his deal. So, is it are are we just looking to give you the pay boost and we're looking to give you more guaranteed money? Like, do we need to fully guarantee your salary this year and next year and go from there, and give you a three four million dollar pay raise each season, and put your new cash in the seventeen million range? If that's going to get it done, like okay, like that's going to be super easy to swallow. But are we talking about tearing this thing up and going back to the drawing board? New signing bonus, new guaranteed money, and I understand if they do the new signing bonus route, it might manufacture more salary cap space for here and now. But the one thing I don't know that I want, especially with some of the Tyreek Hill years that are coming up on his contract, I don't know if I want to be locked in. You know, X is getting close to 30. And he does have the knee injuries on his resume. It's just a little scary. Um, so if it's a two-year fully guaranteed window with more pay, uh, that would probably be what I would expect the team to push for. We'll see what they actually get. Uh, and then Mike Gusecki. Uh Chris Greer said their strategy in team building, and it made my heart bleed a little bit uh, with, with joy, was they're going to try to keep and retain their good football players and describe Mike as a good football player. and They will have con- contract discussions down the stretch. Here's the good news. They got time with this one. You've got this year, you've got all of next year. Now you run the risk of disgruntling the player if you charge him with playing on the tag two consecutive years and you're hoping to get something locked in. This might be a science experiment to see how he fits within the vision of what McDaniel wants to do. It might be a matter of just fine print and financials, and... um not wanting to get caught up in the midst of an aggressive reset for the tight end market in general, which you've seen spending rapidly accelerate over the last couple years. A couple different factors at play. We'll see what ultimately contributes to their decision one way or another, but uh, good to hear from Chris Greer, and good to hear Chris Greer talk about having a trade market for Michael Dieter and Devontae Parker and probably intending on keeping Michael Dieter, but introducing some competition in that room and continuing to hear out offers for Devontae Parker, even though he expects Parker to be on the team in 2022, AKA make me an offer that I would really like. Uh, hearing the Xavier Howard and, and Mike Kasecki contract discussions are um, either ongoing or they, they're planning on on having them. The team not pursuing Tyron Matthew. Like, they, they got a, they gave us a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. What a time to be alive. Dolphins management and coaching giving you a lot of intel amidst the offseason. Uh, what a time to be alive in indeed as we get ready to turn the counter over to April. We might have to wait a while for the draft picks to come up at the end of the month but that just means we've got a bigger challenge on our plate to appropriately set the table and find the right prospects to bring to your eye, which we will do. in amidst a lot of other great conversations, planning on doing is a follow-up to Monday's episode of where does Tua Tongvaloa rank amongst the AFC quarterbacks. Tomorrow is where does the wide receiver duo of Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle rank in the AFC. Looking forward to that one. And I hope you will too. Kyle Krabs, Locked on Dolphins. Keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. Make it a good one. And I will talk with you
1: guys again tomorrow. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked on NFL Scouting Podcast.